Blog Talk Radio. Praise God and welcome to Live Deliverance Internet Radio. We are unable to stream on our Facebook, but we can definitely send the sermon over from Blog Talk directly to our Facebook. So they'll get a delayed in this teaching. It is because of his grace. Let us begin in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, how God has anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Lord, use me as your oracle. Allow the power of God to penetrate to hear. We bind every satanic force in the name of Jesus, and we bind every demon that will try to block us from hearing this sermon. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I really believe that this is the most important uh, subject in the Bible for Christians. Without this topic, there is no hope for none of us. The grace of God. I know that all has sinned and all has came short of the glory of God. And every last one of us has habitually sinned, volunteered to sin, know we were doing wrong, and still sin. I believe that people who have struggles with schizophrenia, such as me, had to go through deliverance from it, still getting deliverance from schizophrenia. That's right. You have to have grace. I really believe that it's the grace of God that keeps us from being ripped apart from, from demons. The world is guilty before God, and yet God has delivered grace for us. What then? Are we better than they? No. We're talking in Romans chapter 3, verse 9. What then? Are we better than they? No, in no wise. For we have before proven, both Jews and Gentiles, that they are all under sin. It's grace that keeps us protected. And we don't even recognize it. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understand it. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that does good. No, not one grace now that's a very powerful statement and none of us will make it without his mercy and his grace today we're going to thank him instead of asking for requests you know i told him today lord i thank you for your grace and i look back at the times when i had gun against my head i was in minnesota i was on drugs i got robbed trying to buy some crack i was a drug dealer became a, tra- a crack a drug addict and I had 20, 25 against my head. I could have been shot. I remember times when I was, and, and the Lord was showing me, that's his mercy and grace that was on me. In a car accident in 1976, 77, my father and my mother had just bought a brand new Grand Torino and wrecked it, flipped it, and spent over. And we was hit real bad in the car. Only thing happened, my daddy had a broken arm and everybody else was, okay, that's God's mercy and grace. I'm on a motorcycle. Then you know the chain was, uh, or the handle was down. If I made one left turn to tilt it, I would have flipped over. 
we can constantly give testimonies of God's grace in our life. We should appreciate his grace. I really believe without understanding grace, we could not even cast out demons. We really couldn't even ask for forgiveness because his mercy and grace covers us through these areas of difficulties in the flesh. Consequences that flow from the failure to forgive and to be forgiven is bitterness, strife, disharmony, hatred, and war. Do you know that God does not hold anything against us? Nothing. And here we go, holding things against people. Pay close attention to this. There are two directions of forgiveness represented in the Bible. Because we have to forgive people. You know why I have to say this? I really believe you can't obtain grace unless you forgive. The most important commandment in the Bible is to love. And without love, I really believe there's no grace. And this subject means a lot to me. I really, I'm up here based on grace. That's the only reason why I'm here. I, I, I don't deserve to be where I'm at. I don't deserve to have anything, really. It's just mercy and grace. But when we lose out on the most powerful commandment and we begin to hold grudges and bitterness in our hearts toward people and anger, remember God forgave you. When you willfully sin, there was times that I sinned and I asked God to forgive me while I was doing the sin. There are certain sins that cause really heavy consequences, and I really believe that people need grace on these particular sins. Sexual sins are very difficult to get out of because you need a lot of grace for that. Some people have been molested. Some people have a generational curse passed down on them of spirit of lust. Some people struggle with pornography. That's a very powerful, powerful, powerful spirit. Take how many times you drop the ball in fornication, spiritual fornication, a physical fornication. You drop the ball in overeating. You lose weight. You pick back up. God's grace sustains us for all of this foolishness. But we also have to remember in order to receive more grace, we have to forgive people. In 1 Corinthians 13, 1, it says, Do I speak with tongues of men and of angels and have not love? I am become a sounding brass or a thinking symbol and thought. I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have no love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not love, it profit me nothing. Love suffered long and is kind, charity, envy not, charity, that is not itself, it is not puffed up, does not behave itself unseemly, seek it not her own, is not easily provoked, think it no evil. Rejoice not in iniquity, but rejoice in truth. Bear it all things, believe all things, hope all things, endure all things. Love never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall, whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Wherever there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is part 
shall be done away. When Christ comes back, he's coming back from the east. If we don't have any love in our heart, what is he going to come back to? You know, it's the grace of God's love that has given you grace. This is why he wants us to have mercy and to forgive people, because it lets you know you understand what grace is. There are two directions of forgiveness represented in the Bible. These two directions as well portrays the great symbol of the Christian cross. The cross have two beams. One is vertical and one is horizontal. Two beams represent the two directions of forgiveness. The vertical beam represents the forgiveness that we all need to receive from God and that can only be received through our identification with the sacrifice and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We need to thank him for that vertical beam and that horizontal, especially the vertical that go up from, from down on earth to the ground to the pole at the top of the beam all the way up to heaven. God gives us mercy and grace through his son. Now, I want you to know that grace, G-R-A-C-E, in the Old Testament, also God revealed himself as a God of grace who shows love to his people, not because they deserve it, that's all of us, but because of his own desires to be faithful to the covenant promise made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's really why we have grace. God's a covenant keeper. And I'm very grateful for this grace. Let's look at this here in Exodus chapter 6, 1 through 13. Okay. Well, I don't have Exodus. Can you believe this? My Bible's so tore up. Uh, what is this? Exodus 3, 4, okay. All right. We'll do it this way. Exodus chapter 6, 1 through 13. Then the Lord said unto Moses, Now shall thy seed that I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand shall he let them go, and with a strong hand shall he drive them out of his land. And God spoke unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. And I appeared unto Abraham, unto Jacob, and to, and, and to Isaac, and to Jacob, by the name of God Almighty. But by my name Jehovah was I not known to them. And I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, wherein they were strangers. And I have also heard the growings of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians kept in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant. Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, I am, hang on, verse 5, and I have also heard the groanings of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians kept in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I am him that bring you out under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will rid you out of their bondage, and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgment. And I will take you to me for a people, and I will be to you a God, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bring you out from under 
the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you into the land concerning that which I did swear to give it to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob. And I will give it to you as a heritage. I am the Lord. And Moses spoke unto the children of Israel, but they hearkened not unto Moses for anguish of spirit and for cruel bondage. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Go in, speak unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt, that he let the children of Israel go out of his land. And Moses spoke before the Lord, saying, Behold, the children of Israel have not hearkened unto me. How then shall Pharaoh hear me, whom am of uncircumcised lips? And the Lord spoke unto Moses and said unto Aaron, Give them the charge of the children of Israel and unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. That took God's grace to do with the children of Israel. They were disobedient. They was upset, and God still kept his mercy and his grace over them, even when they was in bondage. Do you see the powerful significance of grace? Now, in Exodus, in Exodus, in Exodus 6, 9, God did not bring Israel out of Egypt because they had great faith. We saw that. But because of his grace and his faithfulness to his promise. Now, I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 17. Take no script. I'm following you, Lord. <laughs> Take no script because I know I got to hear you. In Genesis chapter 17, verse 1, and when Abraham was 90 years old and 90, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect, and I will make my covenant between me and thee, and I will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face and talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. And I will make thee exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee, and I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God, the God and God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore, thou and thy seed after thee in their generation. This is my covenant, which ye shall keep between me and you, and thy seed after thee. Every man shall among you shall be circumcised, and ye 
shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a token of the covenant bewitch me and you. And he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you, every man child in your generation that is born of the house and brought with money of any stranger which is not of thy seed. He that is born in the house and he that is brought with the money must need be circumcised, and my covenant shall be in your flesh and an everlasting covenant. Now, do you know that the children of Israel made mighty drastic mistakes in the Bible? And God's love for that covenant keeps them protected even to this day. Do you know where that comes from? That's called grace. If we also see it in Genesis chapter 50, verse 24. It's called grace. In the beginning, their faith was weak. But through the ten plagues which God revealed himself and his power and concern for Israel, he built up their faith until they were able to trust him in obedience, Exodus chapter twelve twenty-eight, and to deliver them by grace. Now let's look at the horizontal beam. The horizontal beam represents our relationship with our fellow man. The vertical beam, that's up and down. It's between you and God. You should have grace with that as a Christian. You have to forgive people in order to receive really grace. How are you going to have grace and don't forgive nobody when God forgives you? See, when we forget God's mercy and kindness, it brings in malice, bitterness, anger. Imagine we get up and we go sin. We knew we wrong, and we still commit this sin, and God forgives us. That's mercy and grace. That's his mercy and grace. That is his mercy, and that is his grace. Forgiveness we need to receive from others, and the forgiveness we need to give to others, once again, the only place where we can receive this grace that we all need for forgiveness is the cross at Jesus Christ at Golgotha. We should thank him tonight. Let's don't look at our circumstances, whether you're overweight, whether you have a bill, what you got in your problems. Let's leave all the problems alone, those who are born again and Christian. And just say today, right now, thank you, Lord, for the grace and for you putting up with my foolishness. And you've got to be patient to put up with other folks' foolishness. This is why the Lord tells me to be patient. When people call at me and be mad at me, and they're mad at God. They ain't mad at me. But see, they see me, so they get mad at me. That's what they naturalize. see. That's the way to be mad at God inadvertently if you represent God. You'll go through that. But guess what? God gave me grace when I was a, a drug addict. I'm just starting cocaine. Oh, my God. An eight ball. It's three grams. Pure cocaine. I could have been dead. I'm still here. I remember one time in the nightclub, I was drinking and partying and selling cocaine, just doing all kinds of stupid. So I woke up the next day. I don't know where, how my car had me sleep. It was an angel. It had to be the grace of God. Because I was supposed to have been dead that night. Now, we don't need to use grace to sin. Let me say that now. <laughs> we don't need to use grace 
to sin. Don't use our grace for any sinful purposes. Amen. Now, I would like for you to study John for that. Study John chapter 8, verse 34 and 35. We're going to look at that briefly. Jesus answered them, Verily I say unto you, Whosoever committed sin is the servant of sin, and the servant abided not in the house forever, but the son abided forever. If the son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. So if we commit any sin, ask the Lord to forgive us. And he'll forgive us, and he gives us mercy and grace. So forgive others, amen? I study Romans chapter 6, verse 16 through 19, and study Luke chapter 13, verse 3, and then study Luke chapter 4, verse 14. We don't need to use grace to sin. Also, Romans 6, 1 and Isaiah 28, verse 12. Now, grace really helps us. <laughs> Anytime you see us, you're always going to see the Godhead. Us is in Genesis 1, let us, that God, Father, and Holy Spirit, therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, the Holy Spirit in us, God, Father. Let's go to the throne of grace. We need grace in time of need, Hebrews 4.16. We, who, Lord? It's because of the grace of Jesus Christ. Grace comes because of Jesus Christ. Let's go to Hebrews. I've been doing a study in Hebrews, and I tell you, you better know the Old Testament very well to start getting into Hebrews. Uh, Hebrews chapter ten nineteen, ten nineteen through twenty two. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiness by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which He had constructed for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. God, have mercy, Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? Boldness to approach God, and we can do that because of who? Jesus Christ, and the grace that he's given us. A lot of us really forget that. We really forget it's the grace of God that has us here. Christ, Jesus, synthesizes with all of our weakness because he was on earth. The temptations that we go through, he went through that. He, he passed the test. We didn't. See, Jesus didn't have no, no curse on him. <laughs> As a matter of fact, the curse came on him because of our sin. And what Jesus did was put us back in place like the first Adam. So we really, we are new creatures in Adam. We're the first new Adam and Eve under Jesus Christ because the old Adam and Eve, you know what happened to that. They fell into sin because they wanted to know knowledge. Even that 
time of departing from the Lord, the first human beings on earth had grace. God could have wiped them out. And he prophesied about his son in Genesis 3.17. It's the first prophetic message of Yeshua the Messiah. God was working on grace when we had messed up. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. See, that's Hebrews 4.15. Jesus understands us more than we do. Because he's the son of God. And we should thank the father that he got into a human body to experience these things, to give us grace because we need it. God knows we need it. I cannot see and phantom how that we can be Christians without this form of grace. It's impossible. We can confidently approach the heavenly throne knowing that our prayers and petitions are welcome and desired by our heavenly Father. It is called the throne of grace. Hebrews 4.16 It flows from God's love. Colossians 2.9 God, the Godhead. Colossians 2.9 From God, from love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 from mercy, blessed are the mercy, Matthew 5, 7. From forgiveness, Psalms 103, 11, and 12. From wisdom, if a man should ask God, let him ask God that he should receive wisdom, James 1, 8. God give us wisdom, James 1, 5, I mean. Uh, for spiritual power, the spiritual gifts, all of that is done because of his grace for us. That's beautiful. And it is a beautiful thing for God to create us and give us such magnificent form to return us back to Christ. Because the minute that you ask God to forgive you for your sins, he's forgiven you. Now, there is a thing called conviction. You get, you know, I feel bad when I sin. That means that you're saved. That if you don't feel bad that you sin, something's wrong with your salvation. If you don't, you can just go and commit a sin, and it don't bother you. Something's wrong with you, because it bothers me to sin. If the Spirit of Christ dwells in us, and we receive Christ in our heart, Spirit of God in us should quicken us to not want to sin. This is why God has given us grace to trigger that on, because of the fallen nature of Adam and Eve. I think our Savior, that he's our mediator, not man. First Timothy 2.5, for there is one God and one mediator between God and man, and that man is Christ Jesus. I'm very grateful for that. God gives us a measure of grace as a gift in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ. Now, who gives you grace? The preacher don't give you grace. Creflo Dollar can't give you grace. Eddie Long gone, he can't give you grace. T.T. Jakes cannot give you uh, grace. Juanita Bynum, she can't give you grace. Joe Osteen definitely can't give you grace. Can't even really give you the word. Who gives you grace? Not your husband. Not your wife. Not the mayor. Not the president, but Jesus Christ. He 
is the one who gives us grace. And we should thank him. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for the grace that you've given us through our stupidities, through our ignorance, through our knowing we're doing something wrong and still go do it. You give us grace. Ephesians chapter 2, 8, 9, for by grace are you saved. See, I really, like I said when I first started this sermon, it's impossible to become a Christian because everything falls under grace. Everything, even your salvation. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourself. It is not, it is, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. It's a gift of God. God gave us a gift, this beautiful thing of grace by his son, because we saw here that his son distributes the grace by Jesus Christ. First Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1.4, by Jesus Christ. Also studies Titus 2.11, grace through salvation. And uh, Titus speaks about grace in Titus chapter 3, verse 4. God gives grace to believers to be made free from sin. Thank God of that. It protects us. So, we, you know, it, we, I couldn't do this without grace. You know, this thing hit me this morning, and I, I, I just thought seeing all the good things God has done in my life and the mistakes that I've made and how he has overshadowed that through his love and mercy, man, that's a breathtaking just to sit back and ponder on. So much of the everyday life of paying bills, doing this and doing that, and we really don't sit back and say, well, you know what, Lord, and look at the benefits that God has really given us. And it hit me today on this grace. God gives grace to believers to be made free from sin. Romans six twenty through twenty two, and to do his good pleasure, Philippians two thirteen. Now, did you know that grace is a spirit? Uh huh. It's created by Christ, but it's a spirit. In Zechariah twelve ten, the spirit of grace speaks of the spirit of grace. The spirit of grace. The spirit of grace, the spirit of grace, to crown grace, Second Peter 3.18, grace, the, we have to grow and to be crowned in grace and grow in his mercy and in his grace, Second Peter 3.18, and to be witnesses for Christ. Let's go to Acts 4.33. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection and of the Lord Jesus. And great, G-R-E-A-T, and great, notice it didn't say little, it said great. And great grace was upon them all. Thank God for that. We need to ask, Lord, give us this great grace, Father, right now, to be upon us all. We ask. Lord, your word said in Mark eleven twenty three, whatever you ask, if you don't, if you don't doubt, you believe in your heart, you should receive what we ask. Lord, I don't doubt. I ask that you give me the same type of grace, Lord. Father, I want the great grace 
that was upon the apostles, upon us. We ask for that in the name of Jesus. Give us this great grace which was upon all the apostles. We also need grace to help us in Christian behavior. Some of our behavior is really messed up. And without grace covering us up, we'd be jacked up. Study Colossians 3.12, Colossians 3.13, Colossians 3.14, and Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. We are also saved by grace, Ephesians 2.5. Ephesians 2.8, grace can be found. There is a grace that is called a little space grace, Ezra, E-Z-R-A. The Bible speaks of anointment of grace, G-R-A-C-E, the anointment of grace in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 9, and Proverbs chapter 4, verse Nine. Let's go to there. Let's go to anointment of grace, Proverbs one nine. For they shall be an anointment of grace unto thy head, and chain about thy neck. I like all of that. Give me all of that, Lord. Let's go to Proverbs four nine. She shall give thy head an ornament of grace. A crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Anointment of grace. We we take all of this. Amen. <laughs> uh grace to thy neck. I want I want not only I want it to my neck, I need it above my neck, beyond my neck. Amen. Let's go to Proverbs three twenty two. We're gonna look at some scriptures on grace in the Old Testament. So shall they be Life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. I need all of this. Don't you need it all? Now, when we are down and depressed and when you get really depression, I really believe that the spirit of depression can overshadow us if we don't have grace. Boy, if it wasn't for the grace of the Lord over us while we are depressed, we are lonely, we sad, we come in attack under so many bombardments of demonic spirits. I'm a deliverance minister. And I know the purpose for grace. I, I mean, <laughs> this means a lot to me because this is mercy and graces that protect me when I'm coming up against demonic spirits. These things can rip me apart. They can throw me out the window. They can have me crawling on the ground with neat to, to bone come off. They can do a lot of stuff to you. They can throw you around. They can inhabit your body. You get into some witchcraft, start getting into some tarot cards. Messing around with that Ouija board, they can levitate your body, and you got to go through all that and get some deliverance. Who's protecting you? It's the grace of God. You didn't been in the wrong church. You sitting under some great nothing. Ha 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 ha. Good evening. Welcome to Sunshine Baptist Church this evening. My name is Dr. Lear R. McNugget. Please turn to St. John of the Divine and John chapter 4, verse 1, please. And all that love the Lord say hallelujah. And you get up in that religious spirit. God got you out of that. It was his grace. Spirit of error. You believe in the wrong thing. Well, how you got out of it? His grace. 
Now, grace can be obtained. And if you need, if you're lonely, especially when you're depressed, ask, Lord, give me mercy and grace through this time of sadness because our emotional part really stimulate demons. Go to Proverbs 3.34. You know, I, I, I am so blessed to be back in my home. I've been living in Jamaica for three and a half years, and I had to come back temporarily because when I settled my personal case that I had with the U.S. government, with my military, I'm going back to Jamaica. And to come back home, it's been a blessing. But God has given me grace to live in two countries, to experience two different cultures. And I thank him for the grace that he has bestowed upon my life at 61 years of age. Really. I could have been dead many, many, many times, and I'm quite sure you can say the same. So when we are lonely, he gives grace to us. This is something I need to really explain to you. Go to Proverbs 3.34. Surely he scuffeth the scorner, but giveth grace unto the lowly. L-O-W-L-Y. You have to hear this. When you are depressed and down, he gives us more grace because you don't have your armor on when you're depressed. How are you going to fight the devil depressed? Well, who's, who's strengthening you? Even you don't even want to fight the demons. All the things that's going on and you looking at it in your life and eyeballing it with your natural eyes and understanding it from your human perspective, boy, the devil's going to give you a whole lot of thought to bring about. Well, who's doing the protection while you're going through that? God's grace and mercy. Have you ever thought about that? Any of you had close calls in the car? And, you, and all of a sudden, you, you was protected. That's God's grace. Those are angelic angels doing work on your behalf. Grace can be obtained. You can obtain grace. Go to Esther chapter 2, verse 17. Grace can be obtained. You can cry for grace. Lord, we cry out to you now and give us grace based on Zechariah 4, 7. And we ask that we obtain more grace in our life Lord, we need it. I really believe this grace, without it, you just can't be no Christian. How many people came before us needed to get grace to get them straight before they can get it right? There's a spirit of grace, as I told you. It is a spirit, Zechariah 12.10. Also, the spirit of wisdom and the grace of God. Uh, was upon even Jesus, our, our Savior, Luke 2.40. And Jesus of Nazareth was full of grace, John 1.14. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Why? He describes it, John 1.17. We also notice that grace was upon the apostles in, in Acts chapter 4, verse 33. And you can receive grace, Romans 1.5. And there is also an abundance of grace in Romans chapter 5, verse 17. Most of the people say grace or prayer uh, said before or after a meal. Divine grace is unwanted favor received from God. That's all this is. Divine grace, unearned, unearned, unearned. We don't dispose to earn this. Unearned, unearned unearned favor received from God. Grace was given after the fall of man into sin in Genesis. This is why God gave it to us. 
Favor or goodwill by God, mercy, clemency, pardon is an act of grace. So we need to be like that with people because God's given you grace. So don't get funky with folks and being mad at somebody four, five, six, seven weeks, and then here you go want God to give you grace. The influence of the Spirit of God operating in humans to regenerate or to strengthen us back to where we need to be is because of grace. The virtue of exceedance of divine origin from God. Moses asked God to give Israel more grace. Did you know that? <laughs> he asked him. He said, Lord, give him some more grace. That's in Exodus 34, 9. He asked, and, and he said, Lord, Lord, give these people grace. He sees something that we didn't see. Amen. If it wasn't for grace, I don't think we can do spiritual warfare. It's impossible. It's impossible to really serve God effectively without this powerful subject. And yet, it's not even discussed that much. You don't even hear people preaching and teaching on grace. Everything is what you can get. These these so-called modern churches, they don't even go away from apostolic teaching. I just don't do it. I'm still a pastor that believes in reading the Bible. I don't care no uh, computer notebook. With no, you know, my notes in the Bible. I may carry notes and get off of it because Lord, let me take no script. And all of that, and how I teach is really about His mercy and His grace. I'm, I'm very grateful tonight because you should be grateful tonight. Ask the Lord to forgive you for not appreciating His mercy and grace. Lord Jesus, we ask that you forgive us for all of our sins, known and unknown. Lord, I believe that you are the Son of God. I ask that you forgive me for not appreciating the grace. We, we've mis, misappreciated. We're sorry, Lord. Lord, thank you for giving us the, the grace to keep us alive, to serve you. Without your grace, we couldn't function. Lord, we thank you for your Son. We thank you, Jesus, that you died, that you died to give us grace. We, we thank you. We just want to thank you, Lord. We're not asking for any requests from you to do nothing for us. Just thank you. We want to say thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying at Golgotha for your mercy and for your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If this has been a blessing to you, please email me at overtonnavy1 at gmail.com. You can become cyber members here. If you don't have a church, hey, join it here. We're working on some things where we can have live praise and worship music for you. And I'm going to set that up in our room that we're getting designed on our podcast. So we're going to work where you can have praise and worship and get into some praise with a lot of people requested that. But because I'm on Facebook, I don't put a lot of music on it's contract purposes. But at LiveDeliveranceInnetRadio.com, we definitely have music on. Please sow a seed at www.LiveDeliverance.com. Go to our website on the lower left-hand corner. You'll see a PayPal. I want to thank everyone who contributes. You don't know how much it helps when you when people send off, and it really makes my day easy and makes me be able to teach and not have to raise money. And that keeps me in concentration because when you're raising money, you have to come up against the spirits and bind them. And I thank every last one of you for your tithes and offering. If you can't go to PayPal, you, you don't want to go there. You can go to www.livedeliverance.com and go to our GoFundMe site on the lower left-hand corner. God bless. 
Come join us also in the Blog Talk Room, air code 646-378-1857. we got Chaplain John Durden going to open up conversation. Shalom, we're going back to regular broadcast. Thank you. All right, we're going to get ready to bring Chaplain John Durden coming up here momentarily. And just hold your horses. We're going to get ready to bring Chaplain John Durden. All right, we're ready. Everybody back in. Rim T.C. Hawkman, Montgomery, Bill Gore, Henson, Dr. Leroy Towson, Dr. Splinter, Dr. McGee, Dr. Leroy Johnson III, and Dr. Bubblesfield says good evening, Chaplain Durden, and good evening. Good evening, good evening. You have the mic. And I just want to make it short, like, Grace, that's is significant to me because several years ago, I heard the word God, Grace this, and God, Grace that, and so on, so on, so on. So I prayed about it for several, several, several weeks. I looked in the, you know, the Bible dictionary, got all kinds of interpretations, definitions, and everything else. And then finally, one evening, I'll never forget it. I was sitting there just meditating on the Word of God. And it says, my son, grace, meaning God, righteousness at Christ's expense, which meaning that none of us can be righteous, uh, uh, obtain righteousness, if it wasn't for God's sacrificial death on the cross. He says, grace is G, God's, R, righteousness, A, at, C, Christ, E, expense. And expense was he sacrificed his life that we all may have have life eternity come into the kingdom of God. It's not just going to church and everything else. Pray and receive him as our personal Lord and Savior. And as part of that, to major part, of God's grace, giving up his son to share his life that we may have righteousness and enter the kingdom of God when that time comes with us. God bless you. Okay. Uh, Reverend Papson says he'll need to talk to you on private line when we get off air. Chapter and please close us off. Uh, Reverend Python, we'll call you for the private line. Close us in prayer, uh, Chapter Durden. Oh, Heavenly Father, we come before you now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I thank you, Father, for the session tonight on the grace. Because without grace, we would be nowhere. We love you for the sacrificial death of your son. We love you for the love that you love the world, that you've given all mankind. You gave up your son that we may all obtain salvation. Glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise and glory. In your son's name, our Lord and Savior, we give you thanks for his sacrificial death. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless, and have a wonderful, wonderful evening. Mm-hmm.